Welcome to the Scale Up Your Business podcast. In this podcast, we talk about what it takes to go from startup to scale up and beyond. How to significantly grow your business, create freedom, build wealth, and live life on your terms. Featuring some very special guests and experts to give you advice and direction on your journey. And now, introducing your host, entrepreneur, investor, and scale-up specialist, Nick Bradley. Hi, everyone. Nick Bradley here, and welcome to Scale Up Your Business for this week. It is 15 minutes to action time. And like every week, I'm going to give you some insights, some tips, some strategies that you can take away today, apply to your business in whatever growth or scale-up phase you are in, and be able to get faster to where you're trying to get to both in your business and your life. Now, today we are going to be talking about the Rockefeller Habits. Now, the Rockefeller Habits is a great book. It's a book by um, a guy called Vern Harnish. He's probably more famous for another book that he wrote called Scaling Up. And as I often say, I've done my fair share of business growth and scale up, certainly in my private equity days, but I wouldn't consider myself the expert on all areas of this. But what I think I do well is I get um, good insights. I'm curious about things. I like to bring stuff together, almost explore the world of business growth so that I can bring those, those various things to you in a way that means you can take them in the, in the simplest possible way that I can present them to you so that you can take action. So that's what 15 Minutes to Action is about. To be frank, it's kind of what I'm about. So Vern Harnish is definitely someone worth looking into but a lot of his stuff can be quite heavy going at times. The reason I like the Rockefeller habits is that it's quite a nice framework that, you know, all the various areas that we go through in the next 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes, 10 minutes is applicable. And depending on what stage of business you're at, you can take some of those insights and apply them. So let's get right into it. So who is Rockefeller? So going back a long time, like over a hundred years, John D. Rockefeller was considered the wealthiest man pretty much ever. And to be frank, even by today's standards, he'd probably be up there with the the Bezoses of this world and the Bill Gates of this world. He's right, you know, one of the most successful business tycoons um, of our time. And he had a number of different things that he believed in. And what, what I often say is that some of the core principles of success in anything don't really change the way that we may want to adapt them because of where we live and the time we live and the various technologies and that sort of stuff that's available to us has changed. But the main principles remain timeless. So one of the things that he was big on was discipline and and what he said, why discipline matters. And one of the things that he was famous for saying was that goals without routines or wishes and routines without goals are aimless. Now, I love that because I often say that, you know, it's all about taking action. So you can have a goal, but if you're not going to do stuff around that, it's not going to happen. And a clear vision, which is essentially the goals that underpin a vision and discipline, which is routine, which is what Rockefeller is talking about, equals success. And one of the great, I suppose, analogies here is you may want to pick up a guitar but unless you take lessons and have the discipline to practice, you're not going to get anywhere. And similarly, business leaders who are continually realizing their visions are also the ones with clear goals and routines in place. So none of this stuff is by accident. So let's get into what Rockefeller did 
hundreds of years ago with his business and what you can apply in your business from today. Now, I want to be clear, as I said in the very beginning, this can be applicable no matter what size of business you are in. It does tend to work right into the world of scale up. So, you know, if you've got a business which is seven figures right now, but you have aspirations of scaling to 100 million, maybe a billion beyond, these habits have been used in companies, if you like, to achieve those feats. I'll give you one that you would not have heard of, but it's not that far ago. So 2014, so we're talking six years ago now, there was a Canadian eyewear company called Coastal.com, which was purchased by Elsia International for about 430 million Canadian dollars. And that was the largest investment in an e-commerce company in Canadian history. Now, the reason I bring that up, and you probably haven't heard of them, but um, Coastal.com's founder and CEO, Roger Hardy, credits those results, that exit, to the disciplined execution of the Rockefeller habits. Okay, so that's why you should listen. We're talking businesses worth hundreds of millions, if not more. So if you are in that play, if you have aspirations of building that sort of empire, then perhaps these are going to help you. So let's get through them. So the first one, the first Rockefeller habit is the executive team, the leadership team is healthy and aligned. Now, healthy is an interesting one. We are sort of talking about, you know, 100 years ago where perhaps, you know, health was maybe um, not quite as, well, as we recall, this is COVID, so I probably shouldn't say that, but let's, let's just say that, you know, the health system maybe wasn't as established as well as it is these days. But the key point here is aligned. So your leadership has to be aligned. If you've got any chinks in the arm at the very, very top, then that ain't going to work. And that means that the team members understand each other's differences, priorities, styles. They meet frequently. They participate in ongoing education, what they need to learn about their market. And they, they sort of engage in constructive debates where the members feel comfortable participating. So that's what we're talking about here. Quite often there's politics at a board table or a senior management table, depending on the size of your business. And that's not good. So that's the first one. The second habit is that everyone is aligned with the number one thing that needs to be accomplished this quarter to move the company forward. Now, I often talk about 90-day cadence and the importance of bringing things into a rhythm in that respect. So you're not just thinking about your annual plan. But the key point here is that there is one thing. You may have, you know, three to five priorities in your business, but there is one thing. And that one thing is aligned across the whole of the team. And that's the one thing that must happen in the quarter for things to move forward. Now, I often get involved in companies where they really struggle with creating priorities. Uh, and it's one of the, the things that actually causes some of the biggest problems. So it's very, very important to make sure that that critical thing is understood and then the, the, the other priorities are there, but they are also ranked in some form of order. Okay, the third one is that communication rhythm is established and information moves through the organization quickly. Now, I always say that communication cannot be done enough in a business, particularly through change and particularly through uncertainty like we've been going through with COVID. But this includes just making sure you've got a structure. So I often say that employees or teams should have a daily huddle. So you should definitely have like a 15-minute kind of check-in, check-out. There should definitely be weekly meetings in place. There should be monthly kind of transmission of issues and things that are going across the business in terms of the executive and middle managers. And then you want to have quarterly and annual, annual sort of 
offsites where you get the leadership team together to look at you know strate- strategic things, execution, the people and capability plan, and how you're managing your your various resources against what you're trying to achieve. So as much as that may sound overkill to a lot of businesses, you can never communicate enough. Okay, so the fourth one is every facet of the organization has a person assigned with accountability for ensuring goals are met. So accountability, this is the key point here. So you've got to be really clear that there, you know, you can't just set a goal and intention and then have people run around, you know, with no, no real drive or someone, you know, making sure that things get done. So the best way around that is to have something called a function um, accountability chart, which is all about the right people doing the right things at the right time. And you want to make sure that within that chart, there are processes that someone is accountable for. And if you can kind of get to that level of, of rigor, then what will happen is you'll make sure you'll start to see that the company is moving forward in one sort of unit as opposed to having people just running off doing things that they think are important. Now, I'm not judging the fact that, you know, things get done in different ways and you need to sort of also have a degree of internal entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship as it's called. But if you want the business to run like a machine, which is one of the definitions of scale up, you have to make sure that the processes and accountabilities are aligned by individual team department against those priorities. So the fifth habit is ongoing employee input is collected to identify obstacles and opportunities. So that's ongoing employee input. So not necessarily the external view, the customer view, which we'll talk about as well. But you want to make sure that you've got your pulse on what's going on. Because quite often, if you think about scale up, it's about getting people to work to your vision, to your mission, to achieve things. And unless you can see where those obstacles are and you've got a way of seeing them early and being able to take action against them early, things that can end up being small can end up really growing quickly so they become major, major issues. So how do you do that? Well, you've got to make sure that in those, those weekly meetings, those huddles that you are collecting input around obstacles and opportunities, um, you should definitely be having some form of pulse survey out there. So you're getting a sense of kind of the cultural feeling, the temperature of what's going on in the business. And you should also have what I call in business, these cultural, cultural icons is probably too strong, but there are people in your business who absolutely adhere to the the behaviors that are required. So you need to have those people making sure that they hold other people to account within the organization as well. Alrighty, number six is reporting and analysis of customer feedback data is as frequent and accurate as financial data. So quite often in the private equity world, we spend a lot of time looking at um, balance sheets and P&Ls and, and everything else that can be kind of measured with numbers. It's equally important to get insights from the customer and they should certainly be part of the weekly executive team meeting. Now, all employees are involved in collecting customer data. It's not just the sales team or the customer service team or sometimes the marketing team. And it's, it's, it's not just a mid-management responsibility for the processing of this stuff. It needs to go all the way up to the senior leaders. And one of the things I recommend is that senior leaders should talk formally to one customer a week. And I used to do this in all my businesses where I was kind of in corporate land, but it's applicable to anything in scale up. So make sure that in, in the diary, there is a customer conversation going on or, you know, even, even as important as sometimes going out there and visiting customers once a month, uh, not as practical necessarily as doing that once a week in a senior leadership role. 
but the more that the senior leaders, the managers understand what's happening in the marketplace, the more that they're going to be receptive to change and be able to make pivots if necessary, depending on what the market and customers are saying. Alrighty. Number seven, Rockefeller habit. Number seven, core values and purpose are alive in the organization. This is critical. Now I often say core values need to become behaviors. And I mentioned Getty quite a lot because it was one of the most impressive companies around where values were behaviors. They were principles, but there's no point having, you know, words up on a wall. If you're not going to use those sentiments, those statements for hiring, orientation, appraisal, recognition, all the important bits. And it's important to identify, you know, every single quarter, uh, the people in the organization who are living those core values, living the purpose of the organization, because they become those cultural linchpins and they're the ones that keep the machine working. So really, really important. There's nothing worse than doing a piece of values and then just not making them alive or more importantly, not making decisions on them. And one of the things that comes out is what's more important, strategy or culture. They are both important and values and behaviors underpin the culture of the business. And certainly I, I would go as far as saying they hold you, hold you forward or hold you back depending on how, how far you want to go on your scale-up journey. And if you want to accelerate, you've got to use um, values and behaviors as an enabler. All right, I'm getting close to time. It was a big one this week, so stick with me. Number eight is employees can articulate the key components of the company's strategy accurately. So you know, this whole idea of having a, a BHAG, if you haven't heard of that, a big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, core customers, so who they are, so people should know who the core customers are. Three brand or proposition promises and, and kind of how they, how they are kind of articulated. So that's kind of almost like the benefits of why a customer should work with your organization. And then a really clear, concise answer to what does your company do? Often it's an elevator pitch. So what I've done in my companies is I've usually done a one pager, which has the, the, the BHAG, the big hairy audacious goal. It has usually strategic priorities, the core customers in terms of archetypes or avatars, the benefits to those customers in terms of the brand promise, and then obviously the pitch. And you'd be surprised if you have that on a computer screen as a screensaver or you have it on people's desks, how much that can empower people, particularly if you use language which fits with your brand and your values. And people will feel proud to be able to deliver that elevator pitch to their friends, to their families, to customers, to colleagues. And it becomes a very empowering part of your cultural dynamic. Okay, number nine, all employees can answer quantitatively whether they had a good day or week. Now, this is an interesting one. So quantifiably means, and we're talking about performance indicators here, KPIs for each person, making sure that each individual and team has three to five quarterly priorities that align with those of the company. So it almost feels like a cascade, like a triangle down, and that all executives and middle managers have a coach or even a peer coach holding them accountable for these behavior changes. So the whole idea around that is you need to be able to measure performance, both from a delivery standpoint, which is kind of the what and from a how they did it standpoint. And that's where you start to get the benefit of both the cultural dynamic again, which is a big part of what I think Rockefeller did well. So to be clear on that, I've worked in companies where someone will get a bonus based on how well they delivered their KPIs, their kind of tangible objectives, the, the measures and the metrics and how they did it. And I've also seen people get fired by they might have delivered what the, the numbers said they should deliver, but 
the way they delivered it wasn't the way the company wanted it to be delivered from a value standpoint. And that's an important thing if you want to make sure you're building something for the long term, which is sustainable. Okay, we're finally there. It's a long one, as I said. The Rockefeller habit number 10 is the company's plans and performance are visible to everyone. So this is similar to what I said back beforehand around number eight about the um, employees being able to talk about the company strategy. You want to be comfortable being able to stand up on a regular basis and talk about performance. Now, I've seen businesses go backwards because the CEO is scared of sometimes talking about poor performance. And what happens is they might talk about great performance, but then they don't want to talk about the poor performance. So then people start to mistrust the leadership. But the whole idea is that you need to have core values, purpose, priorities posted throughout the company, scoreboards everywhere. So people kind of know what's expected. Definitely some sort of cadence, be that weekly, monthly, certainly um, no fewer than quarterly standups where you, you communicate what's going on. And make sure people all feel part of it because, you know, it's the most important thing I think in any type of organization when you're scaling up is having people there on the journey, the mission, because they buy into the vision and they want to know how that's working. If people are just turning up because they want to get a paycheck, then that's not great. Okay. You know, it's going to happen in in bigger companies. It's hard to, to keep track of everything. I get that. But if you're in that position where you're going seven figures into eight figures and beyond, putting this stuff in place early will make a massive difference on your whole scale-up journey. So that's it for today. Really, really good book by Vern Harnish. As I said, he's got a heap of different books, but I really like this one because I think you can learn a lot by sometimes um, seeing what some of the great business leaders of our time did. So John D. Rockefeller, amazing story, amazing success a long time ago. I hope you've got a lot out of the 10 Rockefeller habits today. If you have, reach out, let me know. If you haven't subscribed to Scale Up Your Business, please do that. And if you haven't joined the Scale Up Your Business community, you are missing out. Please join that. You can get into the community, ask any questions you want, get help from me personally and the team. And I look forward to seeing you there. So as I always say, be grateful, be brave, have faith and show up. Bye for now.